お待ち麺抜きいただきますこのお店は食べたいものは何でも作ってくれるから好きなもの言って営業時間は夜12時から朝7時頃まで人は深夜食堂って言ってるよいらっしゃい Coming up a TV and food review for the Netflix show Midnight Diner Welcome to the Film and Food Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Roberts, and thanks again for joining me for episode 17. As usual, I'm very excited for this episode as we are giving our very first ever TV and food review. As you may know, we give film and food reviews for movies all the time, where we analyze a movie based on its film and food quality. Yet, we have never used this format to talk about a TV show in depth like this before. We have talked about plenty of TV shows on our Quick Bites episodes, but Midnight Diner is made for this podcast and deserves a really big deep dive. And so we're going to give it the film and food treatment and the discussion that it deserves. But before I introduce this episode any further, I wanted to say a huge welcome to the Film and Food Podcast. We celebrate all things culinary and cinematic in film, so if you're a foodie or a cinephile or both, like me, this is the podcast for you. We have a few different ways we do this, as I've mentioned, including firstly our film and food reviews that we've talked about. We have our Quick Bites episodes where I catch everybody up on what I've been watching lately in film and TV. We have the fantasy film and food draft, and we have our triple threat episodes where we go in depth on three different food scenes from movies or TV. So, with all that said, go and check out our other episodes and subscribe while you're at it. And thank you for supporting us as always. Okay. Let's dive right into it. If you don't know what a film and food review is, or in this case, a TV and food review, let me quickly explain. We review a TV show for both its culinary and cinematic quality, and we do this in three segments. First, we look at the menu, giving an intro and some initial thoughts. Then it's time to dine, where we dive into the meat of the show, as it were, giving our highlights, our favorite film moments, our favorite food moments, before finally we give our compliments to the chef. Giving our concluding thoughts and ratings. But wait, there's more. Every TV and food review, we give you a recipe inspired by that show to try at home. Each recipe has been tested and tried by me. In this episode, we have two great Japanese rice based recipes that are featured on the show, and I'm really excited for you to try these out at home. And of course, every TV and food review episode, I have a guest on the show, and I'm so happy to have my amazing wife, Bethany, back on the show. Her first appearance in 10 episodes to talk about and discuss this fantastic show. So, here it is our TV and food review of the Netflix show Midnight Diner. Let's look at the menu. Midnight Diner is set in a small 12 seated diner in the corner of a shopping district in Tokyo, Japan. The unusual eatery is only open after midnight until the morning, and its standard menu consists of just a few choices. However, the customers still come for the amusing banter and the master's willingness to cook any dish that they request. It's based on the manga series Shinya Shikodu by Yaro Ape. And that plot synopsis doesn't even scratch the surface of how much this show entails. Of course, there is actually 
two different series all wrapped up in the same banner of Midnight Diner. The first three seasons came out from 2009 to 2014 and were produced in Japan. Then, after those first three seasons, Netflix came to the table and produced two more seasons of the show, which you can find on Netflix called Midnight Diner Tokyo Story. And this has a funny story for Beth and I, as we went to watch this show as a recommendation from my parents-in-law, Beth's parents, and we started watching Tokyo Stories, which was season four and season five. And while we enjoyed the show as we went along, it wasn't until we actually Googled what the show was about that we found out Netflix also had the first three seasons. And so as we went back and watched the first three seasons of Midnight Diner, we realized we were missing out on knowing about all the characters who frequently inhabit the diner, all of the storylines, and as we've now reached back and watched Tokyo Stories, it's been much better and we've understood a lot more about the show because of going to watch seasons one through three. So if you're in Australia, I'm not sure what the license is in other countries, but if you're in Australia and have Netflix, all three seasons of Midnight Diner and Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories are available on Netflix right now. So go and check it out if you haven't. Go and watch it. Before you dive into the rest of this podcast review, I recommend you go and watch it. It's been amazing for us. We've been back in lockdown in Australia, so we we have really pumped this show out. We've really fallen in love with it, and I highly recommend that anybody go and check it out. The series stars a whole number of characters, and it has a mostly anthological storyline. The only through-running character that is in every single episode of the show is the man who runs the diner known only to us as Master, and to those around him. Nobody really knows his name, they just all call him Master. This man is played by Karu Kobayashi, and we'll talk more about his performance later, but this is really the crux of the show. We have all of these characters, a lot of them return, a lot of them, even if the story isn't featured on them, come to the diner, interact with the characters that the main story is focusing on. We saw story after story about the highs and lows of life, of family, of friends, of falling in love, of falling out of love, chasing your dreams. The amount of themes and the amount of life experience that is discussed so beautifully in this show. And what is truly beautiful about this show is the tight-knit community centered around food, centered around companionship, and centered around being there in the highs and lows of life. This is just such a perfect show that I couldn't just talk about briefly. I have to share my conversation with myself and Bethany as we go much, much deeper into this show. But before we do that, I want to encourage you again, go and check this out. However you can, even if it's not on Netflix, do what you can to go and grab this show. We're about to move into the next segment. It's time to dine. We're going to go full spoilers. We're going to talk in depth about this show. It's time to dine. Okay, welcome to the review. Before I share my conversation with my beautiful wife, Bethany, I'm going to share the opening song of Midnight Diner, the song that plays over the opening credits, which is such a beautiful song that encaptures all of the mood and melancholy and the soothing atmosphere of this show. So here's a clip from the opening credits song. We'll see you on the other side for my conversation with my wife, Bethany, on Midnight Diner. Thank you. 
babe. Back on the show. Back on. I worked out it's been <clears throat> 10 episodes since wow. you were last on. The last Milestone. The last time you were on, I bought four Blu-rays of the four, ah. <laughs> of the four trip movies, <clears throat> which you did say, is this a good idea? And I was the like, ill-fated trip. It was fine, and I it wasn't fine, was it? It's all right. I've forgotten about it. Um, Just remember the highlights. Yeah, the like scallops were good. The scallops were good. The scallops were good. They came from that episode. They did. Anyway, so we're talking <laughs> about a show that we've been watching in lockdown called yes. Midnight Diner. Yes. So tell me how you got us onto this show recommendation from my parents who have put us on to some of our favorite shows on netflix including dairy girls and um what's the french one we love call my agent that's right call my agent so they have good taste and schitt's creek they told us to watch schitt's creek so basically if they tell us to watch something i get on that they have good taste (laughs) yeah We started watching this show and we got really into it. So let's talk about it. We want to start with, I mean, when I say, we usually do like highlights. So let's do highlights first. What's like your highlight from this show? Can I have more than one? Yes. Okay. Tokyo itself. Just love it so much. So I love getting the, um, just just the scenes of that. It's like having a little mini holiday when we can't travel being able to get transported there is really fun um and then i think i love just the way the the show is set up with the telling you know kind of learning about a different dish and it ends up being pivotal um you know tying the episode together usually which is really fun seeing how different things are cooked and yeah hearing whichever characters got a story about it and then just i love the regular characters the ones who come back in and keep popping back into different episodes um yeah some of my favorite shows uh built around having a good cast of not main characters i guess but Mm. ones you get to know and they just build the world and yeah what about your highlights nice um you took a lot of my highlights. I'm going to mention something different. So you haven't heard it, but the before we started this interview, I played our listeners the opening song from the opening credits. Love it. Of the, of the show, which is... Oh, we can't remember the story, but it's basically based off like an... an Irish. A, an Irish song. My Any- mum said she listened to a podcast about the song, so maybe we should link that in the show notes. Yeah, well, okay, let's do that. But it's this very, like, I don't know, melancholic, sort of soothing, ethereal-y type. Yeah, it gets you in the mood. Definitely don't let Netflix yeah, skip don't it. Let, don't, yeah, don't let Netflix skip it. Um, and you also, like, meet Master, who is, that's, you know, only the characters, they only know him as Master, we only know him as Master, who True. is the owner of the diner and you meet him and he tells you how his diner is open from uh, midnight to 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. and how, you know, does he has customers? Yes, he has more than you think. Um, that He only has one thing on his menu, which I think is pork miso soup. Yes. But then he's <laughs> willing to 
make anything you want as long as he has the ingredients and he also encourages people to bring their own ingredients so if you're really craving something and you're not sure master has it you can bring your own which i just love the idea of i think that is such a fun concept and i want to know if there are places that really do that yeah that would be cool i mean especially in australia like i don't know if we have the similar food culture that that would work because i don't know i don't know why it would be different but it just doesn't feel like it would work over here like i feel like it's just a seems like it's just a japanese little diner like it works perfectly in the show i don't know if you can mm. replicate it but that would be a cool and I guess experience no one's going in asking for pasta or mexican or no like it's very I specific dishes we've got so many different food cultures merging true in sydney that it would be really tough time mm. even doing a basic pantry if, even if people brought in extra ingredients that's You'd true have, to have such a wide repertoire they are doing kind of i think it's kind of home style japanese cooking like he yeah. doesn't make anything super fancy no really there Sometimes are some he does make some more intensive ones but often it's quite um quick as well yeah because there are some characters that come in and say i want this dish and he says oh you might not like it the way i make it like um yeah so i like that i like that in the opening credits he says like people rush when people are rushing on their way home that's when i start my work and like mm. that's often like there's often those in the middle of an episode there's just a little like intermission where it's just scenes of tokyo and yeah then the the phrase is people are rushing on their way home and sometimes they don't want to go straight home they want to go and stop somewhere on the way i just like that it's just different yeah like, it's i don't nice know if you'd really see that in, kind of in like a a western show like they don't have time often it's like a second you get used to the little beginning intro of a show and you, it's the same every episode. Mm, this mm. is like a little midpoint that gets reused. Yeah. But it just feels right. Yeah. All of your highlights are my highlights, but I'm trying to think of some different ones. So Agreed. I'm going to bring up one you haven't <clears throat> mentioned, which is the fourth wall breaking at oh, the so end fun. of every episode. So Say it with me. Three, two, one. Oh, oh yes, a minisai. So that means good night. <laughs> in Japanese mm. you learn a, f a few phrases when you watch the show because you are watching the subtitles and there's phrases that are repeated often and over again three sisters that we really love yeah there's a three sisters who are called the <laughs> they say that which means <laughs> like right um and so they're really funny they all order their same little dish and they're all trying to find love and they all believe in this really romantic way that love will find them and they'll find their perfect partner spoiler alert they haven't so far they haven't so far <laughs> after five seasons um but they're really funny yeah so at the end of every episode you will find the main characters it's a bit of an anthological show so there is characters that will come into the diner that you that you know but every episode is focused on a different character it's and really could stand alone really really good standalone episodes like i highlight for me is the writing i think the writing is really good mm. but so let's say you have a main character in the episode at the end of the episode it will be like a fourth wall break they'll be in the diner with master and they'll tell you how to make the the dish so for example just made this dish for the podcast so we'll talk about it later mm. but when they're learning when they're telling you how to make omelet rice they tell you tricks and tips like 
get your chopsticks and as you've put the omelette in, swish the egg with your chopsticks and move the runny bits into the hole so that you can have a really nice smooth formed omelette. And then they'll look to the camera and sometimes there's a bit of banter and then they'll say, and say goodnight. So that I love the fourth wall breaks. I trying to think of more highlights, I guess. There was a while where they were um, singing the instructions at the end of how to make the recipe. Yeah, that was not really explained, but there was just someone sitting outside the diner with a guitar singing the instructions. So that was really good. Quirky little feature. Yeah, and I like that over the seasons, there are some characters who get more than one episode on them. So I think the most someone's had an episode on them is maybe once a season. There's probably 10 episodes. I know we had the the Kooza boss. I think he was the very first episode of the show because we we watched it a bit funny. We watched season four, which is Tokyo Stories, before we found out that there were seasons one through three. But when we watched the first episode of season one, I believe it is a Yakuza boss who has these, what in Australia we would call cocktail frankfurts. They're split into like an octopus shape, like halfway down the sausage. They're split into little octopuses and he has all of these octopuses with the rice Anyway, but he gets a, a bit of a running storyline over about three seasons, but he often, I mean, he appears a lot as well. So does his underling, mm. the Yakuza boss, like his little <laughs> apprentice. We get a few of him. We get Marilyn's story, I think, mm. at least twice. Back a few times. And I'm trying to think of anybody else who gets more than one, but there is a character, Mr. Chu, who has never gotten an episode so far. That's true. He's in a lot of episodes. He is in a lot, and he, some he's in the, he's in the Maryland ones a lot, Mister Chu. We'll let you watch that, watch that to work out what that means. Some production highlights for me is I was saying I really love the writing. I think they do such a good job of like introducing you to a character, and in twenty minutes they've introduced you and they've done a full story arc of that character. That is often really powerful, really meaningful. And yeah, they and they weave the food in so well. So like Beth said, every episode has a food item that is central to the episode. And so often the food is not just there for decoration, but the food is so integral to the character's memories or the character had relationships with someone and they used to eat they used to eat this food in the past or um all sorts of things and i think yeah the writing's so strong like in i don't think i've really you know you can do an anthological show over the course of an hour and have a lot more time to build a character but i think to do it in 20 25 minutes is a good feat of writing and so i think it works really well having characters you already know in the diner to interact with new people um and I think it all works because of the central character, Master. Mm. I think he's a really good character. What does he bring? Three, two, one. Dad, Dad energy. <laughs> what I mean by that, and I say it a lot, is that Master <laughs> is often the one who acts as like the dad in the diner. So someone might be coming to him with a confession or asking for advice or sharing a sad moment or a happy moment. And Master is often the one with the dad energy he comes through with the advice he comes through with a bit of a rebuke he comes through with a bit of encouragement 
And you can see that all the characters really respect and trust this man because obviously that he feeds him, that he feeds everyone so well, but he also gives really good advice. Um, and he especially is a patient man and a kind man. And we don't find out a lot about Master's backstory, but I really enjoy getting to know him slowly over the course of the three seasons. Now, Beth, did you have any favorite episodes? I think um, one of my favorite moments in the show um, comes from season two and the they're doing the karagi chicken oh, as the yum. main I love karagi chicken. One. But um, I won't give spoilers to your listeners, but there is a really funny scene involving stand-up comedian and some audience members that oh. he does not expect. So I won't say any more than that. But oh, that that's such a good moment. Just cracked me up. I love that scene. And then probably one of my other favorite episodes, if I'm thinking about the food involved, was from the finale of season two when they're making gyoza. There's just a really nice scene about that being made. And again, I don't want to give you spoilers, but it's just lovely. Does it have the river guy in it? Is that the storyline? It's it's this is the one item which people order and he actually orders taken. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think <laughs> this is I think it has the there's a character who he is a very metaphorical, philosophical character and he always says like life is like a river, it moves and it flows. Make good choices. And we finally get some backstory, I think, in that episode. Which yes, is we do. which is mm. I really enjoyed. Yeah. Some good dramatic tension. Yeah, that's a good episode. That is a good episode. They're, they're all really good. They've all got their own things to hold. Can I share some of my favourites? Please. Yeah, so I want to go to Tokyo Stories first for my favourite episodes. So that's season four. I really liked, and it's the reason why I made omelette rice for this episode, because I really liked the omelette rice episode in season four, which is a young physicist who always finds himself caught in the rain without an umbrella. Oh, yeah, this is a beautiful episode. He falls in love um, with Yuna and... He's just trying to work out important oh, equations. Yeah. And they, they find he, he doesn't have a pen, and so she gets him to write on the glass, and then he takes a photo, and he doesn't even know how he'd get a photo text message. Like, the That's guy's living right. in a whole different world. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful episode. <laughs> don't want to give any way too much spoilers, so... All I'll say is that that was one of my favorites. There's one directly before that, which is a really sweet one about knitting, which, Beth, I thought you would like as well. A girl who knits sweaters for people that she's interested in, but probably a bit prematurely. And that's a nice episode. And I will just note, unless you speak Japanese, this show is not easy to knit to because you'll be reading subtitles. Yeah, so a good one to take in some Japanese, because I know you're doing some Japanese learning at the moment. Duolingo. Duolingo. But yeah, you've got to be pretty focused to stay on those subtitles. Which does make it a good show to unwind to because there's no multitasking on the phone or distraction. Like you just need to enjoy it to the full. Mm. I want to mention a couple of episodes. The first one's in season one. We meet a food critic who is a man with a red jacket who's got a very good sense of style. And he comes to Master's Diner and enjoys a very simple dish, which is another dish we're cooking for this episode. Butter rice, which is as simple as it sounds. And kind of gets a bit chastised by the other people for eating something so simple. 
as a food critic, but that brings home really nice memories for him. And it comes back later in the beginning of season three when um, his wife is sick and he is trying to locate the singer of her favorite song who also ends up coming to the diner. And just the resolution in that sh- in that episode is so sweet. It's one of those, there's a number of moments in the show where they're all together experiencing something together in the show, like New Year's Eve or Christmas when they're all eating crab together, mm. which just shows you like, how they're all so different but like as a community they're all formed together around this diner which is really sweet i really like it so there's what 50 episodes out there like so much really really good tv to watch especially if you're in lockdown like us was there any other favorite foods you had from the from the episode we've mentioned a few oh i wanted to try the cabbage rolls those looked really good. Um, I don't know what filling they had in them, but it's kind of like a mince filling with the cabbage leaf over the yeah. top. And the that three sisters eat a dish which I can't pronounce properly, but it's rice with tea poured over and they each have a different topping. One Ochiz- of them has plum. I think it's Ochizuki. One of them has plum. One of them has um, roe. Yes. What does the other one have with it? It's cute. It's very cute. Today you made a recipe from the show. I Um, did. Tell us what you made. So I made omelette rice. So as I've already mentioned, we came from one of the episodes in the show that I really loved. And so basically what it is, is a fried rice filling inside an omelette. You said to me when you watch the show, yeah, I want to eat that. Yeah, I had high expectations when I watched it and... Today, I was in a bit of a rush to get it done, but I, and I hadn't really tried making an omelette before. Like, it's a bit intimidating to look at something like, you look at photos and they're so nice and all together and you go, how do I do that? But I used some of the tricks and tips from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my chopsticks out and squiggled and made sure that I was, you know, scrambling the omelette a bit. Mm. I added my fried rice. And then I was pretty nervous about the flip. Yeah, so stage. I called you I over and said, "Hey, like I had a big pot, so a big pan, so I was like, I need someone to hold the plate. I didn't want to like splash you with hot oil or anything like that." And you got there. Also, didn't want to splatter my omelet on the plate and have it all break up, break apart. And we got there, and I ate it with chopsticks, like I was in Japan. And it was really, really yummy. So you should go and make it. And we're doing another recipe, which is butter rice. And you mentioned there's lots of twists you can do on this omelette. Oh, yeah, of course, the twist. So the great thing about this is that it's quick and easy to make, especially if you've made rice Mm. one or two days before and you've got some leftover. Like if you've got leftover rice in the fridge then boom, this is the easiest dish to make. Yes, like you could add you lots could of add interesting things. Peas or ham or onion or a bit of shallots or something. Shallots, yeah. Any any little veggie that you might want to add to it. Um, any sauce like I've seen a recipe which has like a ketchup sort of sauce that you put through it, mm. which would also be really yummy, I think. So definitely I'll definitely put some of those additions in the recipe for you to find out and to mm. get inspired. But that's definitely one you can make your own so it's really good for lunch breakfast if you want a little bit of a japanese twist to your day Mm. definitely add it so you can find that 
in the show notes on the website on social media would love to see what you put in your omelette would love to see your photos love to see photos from this and um yeah tell us where you're cooking from because you've been getting some interesting listens lately where i'm cooking from where are your new people from who's tuning in oh yeah um uh i've had some listeners from brazil yeah so if you if you knew like you know all around the world i know we've just got new listeners in brazil i think one new listener so if you're, if you're a in bot, brazil and you make this omelet shout out to us please well i'd love to see your omelet on like a beach in brazil if you live close to the beach otherwise show like, us what's around show us what's around that would be good so i'm gonna make a second recipe which is a very simple butter rice and so i'm gonna cut to our reactions now okay honey second midnight diner recipe the very simple elegant butter rice what were your thoughts yeah it was nice surprise works um well surprised by um how not weird it is to have butter in rice i think the um yeah it just adds a nice subtle flavor to it it's very comforting i can imagine making it um for a kid who's sick or wanting to eat it on a day after you've gotten caught in the rain and just want something simple to warm you up it's yeah tasty not too heavy nice um fun fact about brazil seeing as we're reviewing a japanese show that uh, brazil has the largest population of japanese people outside of japan wow that is amazing yep they've got two million so cook up the omelet rice Enjoy watching some Japanese TV and thanks for being with us. Definitely, yep. Um, you can So you can find omelette rice and the butter rice recipe, as I said, show notes, website, social media, take photos. Even if you're not from Brazil, would love to see photos. Let us know how you went. And I'm just trying to rack my brain about anything that we should keep talking about this show. I think it's shot really well. Like there's some been some moments where I've, nodded to on the couch and gone wow that's a really nice shot like i think they always finish the show with a nice overhead shot of the diner Hmm. the performances are all really good like i think it's hard to judge like the performances when it's not in a language of your own but like there's been some really powerful moments i feel like you become part of the family when you're watching the show you're like i'm i'm sitting around the diner i want to go in and what does master say what's um what's welcome Yushi. I can't remember. Very bad. I wonder, you if do that, more duolingo? I wonder if that's sure. Anyway, it's a really good show. It's a great show. Definitely watch it. I've heard there's movies out there. I think there's two movies. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you know this, do you know about where it was filmed? No, please tell me. Well, I haven't wanted to tell you because I don't want to spoil any of the magic. Okay. But the diner is actually in a studio. Ah. In the street. Okay. Which I guess is how they stop it from becoming crowded with people and is probably also how they get some of those great shots because some of those overhead shots i don't know how you'd get a camera yeah yeah up there if you had a roof and presumably they can even take some of the walls off because you get some pretty good wide yeah shots of people sitting along this tiny diner that said however i've stayed in that part of tokyo with my parents where they're right near where the opening scene is shot and you can see on google maps really where it would be 
mm. if it was there. So oh, that's cool. Well, we can't actually walk and find it. It is there's there are those lanes that would look just like that. Yeah, that would it's like basically a recreation of one of those lanes. Yeah, yeah. Just finished. I mean, that makes sense. Like you gotta yeah. you gotta film it somehow. That's right. You so can't, we can't be blocking off the street for three months. The diner. Yeah. It just got me thinking. I do love this show plays with genre a lot. Like there's been some moments where we're like, wow, this is really different. Like yeah, there was a, getting a bit supernatural. Like there was a bit of a supernaturally kind of ghost story vibe episode, mm. which was interesting. There's lots of lots of romance, you know, mixture of, you know, whether they're good or bad in terms of the outcome. Mm. Like a bit of a crime, like crime investigative. Um, it's a bit of a boxing story. Like it's Chris just loves so... it whenever people cry. There's plenty of crying. Oh, yes. <laughs> lots of male tears in this show. Yeah. But noisy crying. No, yeah, and I think it's like just shows you like I think it's so universal. Like all of like it's a Japanese show, but it's all stories that feel pretty close to home and mm. powerful. And yeah, I just it's just like the perfect rainy day show. Like it's a really great show. Yeah. Okay. With all that said, with all of that discussion. We're going to move into our final section of the review, which is giving our compliments to the chef. This is where we give our final ratings and our final thoughts. So I'll pass you back to our conversation to hear our ratings and final thoughts on Midnight Diner. Let's move on to ratings then. All right. So, yeah. So this is the first time we've done this with a movie, but we should just do the same thing with a show. Okay. Rate the show out of 10 and rate the food in the show out of 10. Oh, wow. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Oh, I'm like, I don't want people to be like, oh, it just gives 10 out of 10 for everything. But also we don't recommend you bad stuff unless it's the trip. It's true. It's true. We really have only given you one dodgy recommendation. Look, and even then we warned you. I can't, it. I can't fight what's in my heart and how this show made me feel. You go and there. the food... Like, what I want from food is a lot of it, and there is a lot of it. You get to see how it's cooked in the fourth wall breaking scenes. Uh-huh. You get to... It's weaved into the plot so much so that, like, the title of every episode is the yeah. food that's being eaten. You get the facts into the ingredients used, the origins of the dish. Oh, definitely. There's a regional specialty or differences. Yeah, like, yeah. It's so specific. It's incredible. Yeah. So I can't not give it a 10. 10 for food, for sure. Are you 10 as well? Uh-huh. I can't not be. I and just don't know central. how you can take marks off it it's for that. It's central to every episode. It definitely inspires you. I think there's at least, you know, you can go and Google online. You can find heaps of People who are cooking recipes. through the episodes, really. Yeah, so definitely inspires you to try something out there. Mm. Okay, let's move on to the show. So, like, as a whole. I'm tossing up between a 9 and a 10. The reason why I'm tossing up is because there's some absolute great episodes. And I guess what the maker of a show is like, it's through line. It's different to a movie in the sense like it's got to work as a whole. I think the anthological bit is really good. I do think like with 50 episodes, like what is my ratio of what I would call not even filler, but like lesser episodes that are fairly unremarkable. But I kind of always get something nice out of each one. Yeah. So I'm just being generous. I'm giving it a 10. I'm giving it a 10. Nice. It's really, it's just great. I wouldn't change a thing. No, I don't think, no, because even in those 
not not even lesser, but even in the maybe ones that I don't remember as much, like there's still moments with the other side characters. Like they all have to be. They're all needed. All needed, definitely. So forty out of forty for our really first great show. Show, I think it were, was definitely worth giving the full treatment to on the podcast, mm. giving a full <clears> review because I could have done it on one of those quick bites episodes, but. I think I wanted to go a little bit more in depth. For film and food, I think it has so much food, it was worth its own review. Yeah, definitely. Any final thoughts or things that you want to mention from this show? Just that we highly recommend you watch it. Mm. I do like, I think every season seems to have a bit of a theme, whether it's like family or marriage or, you know, but even each episode has a real theme about like, you know, remembering your family and making the most of the chances you have and, you know, seizing opportunities in life and you're not having regrets and all that kind of thing. So I think, you know, let's all be like uh, master, I guess. But <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I'm probably going to cut all this out. But yeah, lots of, th- I think it's just a really sweet, wholesome show. So it's a great show. Great show. There's lots to get out of it. Enjoy. Lots to inspire you. If you haven't watched this show, you're lucky because you have the whole thing to enjoy for the first time still ahead of you. Well, that about does it for this episode, a TV and food review of Midnight Diner. If you enjoyed this podcast, can I ask you a favor? Can you give it a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app, preferably Apple Podcasts? This helps us get up the ratings, get into the algorithm and get our podcast into the ears of those who need to hear us. So thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star rating and review already. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever there's podcasts, we'll be there. Make sure you email us. The address is fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. I'll say that again, fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. And join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Film and Food Podcast. Let us know how you went with those two recipes. What did you think of Midnight Diner? Would love to hear from you. Give us feedback suggest a movie to review or a TV show to review, the most important thing is to join the conversation. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening.